Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. In many ways, he is the OG of the podcast because he was here on episode one, the very first episode, uh, which I'm very grateful for. Um, And we thought we'd get him back almost a year on to talk about his progress um, because he was right at the start of something then something that was uh, about to about to grow and and become a lot bigger than it was back then. So um, yeah, without any uh, further rambling, <laughs> it's uh, Ian Woodley. How are you doing? Ian? Thanks, Dan. Great to be here. Good. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming back. Pleasure. Um, first question. Well, actually, your website links and everything. Let's do that first of all. Your brandstilo.com. So we have two websites. So the Stilo. Studio website is brandstilo.co.uk, um, but also I guess the the topic of what we're probably going to talk about more this afternoon is one of our particular niche areas, uh, and we have a separate website for that, which is stilotouch.com. Okay, excellent. Cool. Yeah, we'll, like you say, we'll get onto what that means sure. and everything <laughs> in a bit. Um, as I said, uh, you know, I was really grateful when you came in and did the first episode. Why did you do that? It just seemed an interesting. <laughs> why, why did we do that? Well, it just seemed like an interesting opportunity. I think really, you know, I think I think you had a really great concept of, of getting together, you know, local businesses to talk through their stories, and um, you know, we had a, a reasonably interesting story for where we got to at that point in time. Um, so yeah, it, it was really exciting to be offered the opportunity to do that and and really kick things off. And I think you've proved. Over the last 12 months, you know, that's gone from strength to strength and, and the range of local businesses you've covered over the podcast has been has been fantastic. So, um, you know, great to be part of those early stages, really. Yeah, no, thank you. Well, thanks for taking the risk because, you know, you could have come in and could have recorded it and it could have gone nowhere. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a risk. It was. You know, I don't know if you realised that at the time. <laughs> anyway, um, right, so as we sit here at the moment, can you tell us how your business looks compared to how it looked 12 months ago when we sat here? That is a really good question. And uh, as you say, when we got together 12 months ago, we were at the start of, of the next phase of our journey within the Stilo Creative Studio. And where we are looking now is, is demonstrably different to where we were 12 months ago. And there's all manner of reasons for that, which obviously we can, we can um, you know, discuss and cover. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we, are, we are talking about a different animal as a business now. Mm. Um, it's all to do with product offering, it's to do with mindset, it's to do with um, us understanding our market and our customers and also about where we wanna go as a business as well. So we, there's been a lot of different factors across our journey just in the last 12 months. But um, mm. you know, where we are now is, is, is demonstrably a different company to where we were 12 months ago. Yeah, because just like you know, just the sort of figures of the company. Now you're in a lovely studio that we went to the other week mm-hmm. with the the meetup. You've got well, how many people? So we've got a team of um, five at the moment now. Absolutely. Yep. Um, you know, uh, one of those part time. We've got an apprentice on board as well. 
definitely, you know, my projections for next year, where I see us going as a, as a creative studio, um, I can definitely see us needing another another two people next year, for example. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this time last year, you were at your home studio, yeah. which you know was a lovely spot, but it was a lot different to where you are now with you and one basically one other. Yeah, guy, one and then it? then one sort of temporary freelance person as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's grown a lot since then. Yeah, it has. Okay, so. Um, I think, if I remember, it was. I think you just sort of started on this journey just before the podcast. Yeah, probably only 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 slightly before. Yeah, starting to think about it, weren't you? Because I I remember you went and uh, and made a bit of a plan. And I remember speaking to you the day after. I think, and I said this at the (laughs) meetup the other day that (laughs) you seemed like a different person after that. That yeah, that was, that, yeah that was really interesting actually so just before we did the podcast I'd engaged with a uh, business coach mm-hmm. um, who I'm very happy to give a shout out to Paul Holmes at um, PCH Business Support Yeah, definitely a crucial part of um, changing our approach to the way we do business and the conversations and how we're conducting ourselves very much so. So, um, you know, huge thanks to Paul for his insight and, um, you know, particular viewpoints on, 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 on how we could do things and the belief as well in, in what we could do. So that's been that's been instrumental, I would suggest. Um, and so we, we, we started working with Paul just before we did the podcast 12 months ago. And as you say, the first stage of that was to really say, okay, where do we want to go as a business? What are, what are our aims? What are our objectives? What are our values? what kind of work do we want to be doing what kind of businesses do we want to be doing that work for mm-hmm. and so to set that out in a in a very clearly defined five-year plan was um was pretty crucial actually mm. and, and and now you talk about it now just thinking about it now some of the some of the projections we put down i thought were pretty adventurous <laughs> and unattainable in a five-year yeah. period yeah we're now on track to smash those within a three-year period. Right. <laughs> so actually, the, the you know the difference in, in, in mindset, in, in in belief in where we can go is, is is testament to that. I would suggest. But yeah, definitely from that first stage, setting out where do we want to go, what's our long-term goal, mm. that was certainly the first stage. Because I mean, like, you know, even back then. It, you had a successful business. It wasn't like it wasn't going anywhere or doing anything. Indeed. It was it was successful, great products and excellent service and everything like that. Um, but you've you've changed. And what what do you think you were kind of doing then compared to what you're doing now? Is it is it all mindset? Is it or is it? We'd spent so. I mean, historically, as a creative studio, we'd been very very broad ranging in the range of services that we offered. So, you know, typically, you know, my background as a, as a graphic designer has always been in uh, branding, in identity, in the traditional corporate literature, B2B sector, display material, that kind of core graphics area. Mm. Uh, we then moved into um, a little bit of video and animation and motion, but it wasn't really a core part of our business. Um, so the range of services we were offered has always been fairly broad. Mm-hmm. But actually, once I started working with with Paul a little bit deeper, we said, okay, we really need to define what we want to be known for. What kind of service are we really uh, comfortable working within? But but most importantly, what can we add real value to businesses? Uh, mm-hmm. Where where is the value that we can add there? Yeah. And also, 
how do we differentiate ourselves in the marketplace? You know, mm-hmm. um, obviously businesses always getting more and more competitive. Lots of people out there doing lots of different things, competing with each other. How do we stand out from the crowd, and how do we add real value yeah. to our clients? Really, and so there was one particular area which we knew we were always really keen on but hadn't quite fully realized the potential of. And yet when we spoke to our accountants, when we spoke to Paul, when we sort of spoke to other sort of, you know, business mentors, they said, actually, I really like this. This is different. This is something you've got a little bit of IP about, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not just going and talking to somebody about, you know, can we design a brochure for you or can we do this or do you need a new pop-up stand? This is something that is demonstrably different and almost unique to you. So it's like, okay, I get that. Um, maybe we can sort of run with this and develop this into much more of a a really focused uh, offering out to businesses. Mm-hmm. And this is all to do with our Stilo Touch platform, hence the URL at the start. <laughs> and essentially what it is, it's an interactive digital sales and marketing platform. Mm-hmm. So what we do with this is um, we understand that... Uh, Businesses need to show themselves as leaders in their field when they're getting in front of their investors, their stakeholders, their customers. Inevitably, though, what they do is that when they get into a um, a meeting or a proposal uh, situation or a presentation, they pull up that standard slide deck. It's very linear. It's very inflexible, typically a little bit boring. They might have a range of PDF files on a laptop or they might have some videos squirreled away in a folder mm-hmm. somewhere. And as a, as a customer experience, that's not very exciting. And it doesn't really allow them to demonstrate or showcase their expertise. Mm-hmm. So we'd kind of come up with a way, almost by accident, that <laughs> actually we can bring all of this together yeah. uh, in a really engaging and interactive platform. Mm-hmm. And it's offline as well. Mm-hmm. And it works across lots of different um, uh, devices. So whether you're on iPad, whether you're on a laptop, whether you're on a Surface Pro, whether you want to host it online, okay, mm-hmm. you've got that commonality. So for businesses nowadays, where they've got mobile teams, whether they're working on, on a Teams call virtually, whether they're talking in person, if they're doing a keynote presentation, mm-hmm. they've got one tool that works across all these different scenarios. Yeah. But we didn't really, 12 months ago, fully appreciate the power of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really only with working through with Paul um, through the real benefits to businesses that we've actually really understood the true value of this over the, over the first six months or so of us working together. Really, so okay. although we knew there was something there, it took a while for that to crystallise into a really uh, well-rounded um, product offering that we could go out to business for. Okay, so you, you kind of had that, but but what made you pick up the phone to Paul in the first place? <laughs> like, where were you at with things that made you sort of? Well, I realised that actually, yeah, for us, for us to to there was always a need for us to do something a little bit different. I think, really, you know, mm-hmm. you we were wanted to. That, were you sort of feeling like frustrated, or you just wanted things to? Move to the next level. Yeah, I think we wanted to take things to the next level, really, because we could have stayed pretty static where we were, doing the same old kind of jobs, you know, and we still do a lot of that now, which is great. But actually, we did feel 
you know, we, there must be some more potential for us to add some extra value into our customers, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, lots of different coaches out there, and all of yeah. them, uh, you know, are, have all got their their part to play. And yet, um, you know, a couple of conversations with Paul, for example, um, with him coming from a from a big business background, which are obviously the kind of businesses we wanted to engage with. Uh, but also from a sort of advanced manufacturing production process type background as well, all seem mm-hmm. to sort of slot into place. Yeah. And so we kind of felt actually this this is worth you know worth investigating and taking a bit further really. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it was really only through those those initial conversations and, and um, talking through this this Stilo Touch offering that we have that we started to you know put some meat on the bones of that and saying right okay. This is really interesting. Nobody else is doing this. We've got an opportunity mm. to really differentiate ourselves here mm-hmm. uh, with all manner of businesses from lar- from from small to very large uh, on a global basis. Yeah. So we've got a great market. Um, what's our proposition look like for this? Yeah. So when you when you had that meeting then and, and you put together this five year plan mm. and everything and and like you said it was sort of you know seemed quite. Um, ambitious ambitious that's the word yeah (laughs) did you believe the numbers on there did you believe that you could sort of do it because I think that's something that people struggle with a lot if they're like me (laughs) anyway which is you you know you think to yourself I want to achieve X and there's a little bird on your always on your your shoulder saying no people like you don't do stuff like that yeah and I suffer I suffer massively (laughs) from that Massively, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you see, you see, you see some of these um, these forecasts or projections of where you want to go. It's like, how are we going to get there? And you, even if you start breaking it down to a monthly level, we think, think, well, that still means I need to do X every month. How am I going to do that? You know. Yeah. But it always kind of seems to happen, you know. Right. So certainly, breaking it down to manageable chunks helps. Yeah. Um, and it did seem. I suppose it always seemed achievable because you know the, the numbers weren't that extravagant. So I thought, yeah, we can definitely do this. I think what's what's changed for us over the last twelve months is the time frame has been condensed massively. So so what we mm-hmm. thought we might do in five years, we're going to do in two and a half, for example. You know, right. so so the numbers haven't so much changed. Um, but I guess two things have happened. First of all, the time time frame has shrunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but secondly, the um, the individual uh, value of these products has risen as well. So we're attaching much okay. more value to the work we're doing now, which okay. goes back to belief. I was going to say, yeah, has that taken a bit of a mindset shift? Yeah, massive, massive to, mindset. Yeah, massive. To, to realise what value you're bringing to people totally. instead of like, this takes me X number of hours, I should only charge this much. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, and that that, that is the biggest shift, I would suggest, definitely. Um, yeah. If, if if you're from that 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 area where you you know you're always you know maybe sort of self doubting you know slightly, then actually to, to to have that mind shift change is hard, but actually quite revolutionary. I would I would suggest. So yeah, definitely getting to the point where we think actually this 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 project is worth X to this company. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that is a big shift from where we were previously. Yeah, is that something you've worked through with with Paul? Yeah, and, and certainly, I mean, really, it's it's about you know having your, your 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 trusted circle of people who you feel confident to to talk to these people about and, and, mm. and share 
share some details in confidence and and just get different perspectives in on things you know and you know whether yeah. it's your accountant whether it's a coach whether it's a you know a business associate you feel you know you work closely with and that you trust mm. i think just being able to sound you sound off with those guys about different um, different thoughts and ideas you have and getting their input is, is massively valuable. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's kind of going down the same journey, really, aren't well, they? Well, yeah, to some you, you, you think you're isolated, don't you? And you think you're the only one, but everybody's got the same issues. Yeah, yeah. Even the people that are at the much bigger numbers than, than, than you are, they're kind of struggling to get to the next level above them, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, so... We've mentioned over the last 12 months a couple of times this idea of niching and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everything. And, I, you know, I have mentioned it a couple of times. I'll be the first to admit. Once or twice. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, for, for me, it's been it's been a game changer, really, just creating that niche. And, yeah, and it, it just changes everything, really. You know what you're talking about. You know who you're talking to. And you've done it with the the... The product offering itself so you've refined that right down like you mm. said instead of just going to people and saying do you want us to do some branding and some brochures yeah. which yep. is quite vague you're saying we can produce this product for you and you've done it with the sectors that you're working within that you're targeting as well so kind of a bit of a, mm. a double niche if that's the right word <laughs> <laughs> what's the plural of niche yeah yeah <laughs> totally agree with that totally and it's been a game changer for us as well yeah. Um, and I always knew we needed to go in that direction, but it has taken us a while to actually uh, refine our thinking on that and get our heads around it all. But yeah, it's definitely been a game changer for us. So what, what it's allowed us to do is really just focus on one particular service offering mm-hmm. to fully understand who we want to talk to about this in terms of identifying our target audience yeah. very, very tightly. Yeah. Um, and also what message we're going to put out to those people as well. So mm. it's about understanding their problems right. and yeah. saying, right, okay, I understand you and your business because it's quite a tight little sort of, you know, part of a sector that we're maybe talking to. Mm. I understand the challenges you are having and we have this fully rounded solution to that and it will help you because X, Y, Z. And that's enabled us to have really focused conversations quite quickly with people. So, um, you know, we're able to drop into a conversation and, you know, if you've got to do your your typical kind of elevator pitch type scenario where you've only got a couple of minutes to really just give them an idea of what you do, you can go into that very, very quickly Mm. uh, with a very considered message Mm -hmm. that is authentic because you've got that real belief in what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it doesn't, doesn't come across salesy either, because, you know, we don't want to sell to people, we want to help them. Mm. And um, I think if you've got that total belief and knowledge about the service that you're offering and how it's going to help a particular demographic out there, then um, it means once, once that conversation starts to flow, you're able to articulate yourself much more clearly and, and also instantly be able to pull on examples of how you might help somebody else or, or, or give them some insight as to how you might be able to deal with a particular challenge for them. So, it, I mean, focus is the word, I think, really. Yeah, yeah. It definitely focuses. 
Um, and and that that's that's been instrumental to us, I think, really, because you're not worrying about anything else. Yeah. I'm not thinking <laughs> about um, oh, well, maybe we could do a pull-up banner for them or a brochure for them or this or that. I don't need to worry about any of that at all. I'm, I'm purely focused on yeah. on the fact that we can help them engage a lot deeper with their customers, with their investors um, yeah. through this particular area. Yeah, and that other stuff kind of comes along, doesn't it? Because I, I always see niching as a bit like a sort of uh, a spear or an arrowhead. You know, you, you, you go forward with that and the other stuff kind of comes behind it like... You know, they might then ask for yeah. some brochures and yeah. some pull-up banners and a bit of branding and things like that. But you've got a very clear message that you're going in with, which gets you to where you. I definitely you agree. With that's a really nice analogy, actually. Yeah, that, that, absolutely. Yeah, I agree you can with have that. that. It's on the house. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, did you, when you first sort of thought about niching down your offering? Did you feel some resistance to doing that? Yeah, definitely. And, and um, you know, I guess, you know, other people have, have sort of felt this as well, is the fact that you kind of feel, are you limiting yourself too much? Yeah. You know, because yeah. suddenly I'm, I am getting, you know, super concentrated on one particular uh, service to a very tight couple of industry sectors, for example. Um, and, you know, are you therefore blocking out everybody else who you could be talking to? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely felt that. Um, however, you can't speak to everybody all the time, and not everybody in in the world is your ideal customer. No. So um, I've got over that now, definitely. Yeah. Um, and actually, what it does enable you to do is to focus on a particular sector at a period in time, mm-hmm. and then I know that that we could easily talk to six different sectors, but I'm only mm-hmm. going to focus on one for the next quarter. Okay. Yeah, or yeah. maybe there's a host of, of particular events coming up that are relating to that sector. And so I'm just going to deal with that. And then maybe maybe at Easter time next year, I might focus on a different sector. Yeah. Um, and I've still got the same focus, but I'm just tweaking my messaging slightly. Um, but it enables me just to be really focused on that particular area. So yeah, absolutely. There was definitely some resistance. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think the longer term gains are, are so much higher. Mm, yeah, I think everyone has that. I know I did when I first it was was suggested to me that mm. I niche my offering a bit, and um, it is weird, isn't it? Because then once you do it, you're sort of like, ah, okay, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, it does. And actually, although although you're niching and being quite restrictive in the people you want to talk to, it does offer up a huge range of possibilities because even within that sector, yeah, there's so much potential, and you you, yeah. you just start to see the detail a lot more actually. Um, yeah, and we, we worry about sort of, at that stage, you worry about, you know, restricting your market and everything. But then it's like, well, how many advanced manufacturers does yeah. Stilo yeah. design need yeah. in a year to, to be highly profitable? And the number's probably fairly low compared to how many there are in the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And particularly when once you start um, appreciating the true value of your offering as well, um, then yes, you know, the numbers do shrink in terms of the number. You know, we, we might get to a situation where we only need to do, uh, you know, six jobs a year, for example. Mm. You know, yeah. um, but what a great situation that would be, where I haven't got to worry about you know filling this funnel with um, you know three hundred people every quarter, for example. I can, I can be yeah. laser focused on the people we want to do work for, and that leads to some really interesting customer conversations. Actually, you know, because yeah. you're much yeah. more focused on how you can help them. Mm-hmm. rather than just broad brush splattering a message out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and there's I don't know how many advanced manufacturers there are, but there's a lot more than six. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah, it's a tiny, just a tiny percentage of the market is kind of all you need to to be highly profitable and meet the meet your targets. I yeah, suppose, exactly. Isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, you had that discussion, and you know you've made this plan and everything, and you've niched down, and you've you've shifted your mindset to 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 get into that way of doing things and everything. But then you've got to grow and you've got to have the conversations that will bring in the business and you've got to be ready for that business, you know, by growing the team and everything. And that's a whole other... Yeah, it is. Issue, and that, right? that, that is the scary part as well. I mean, yeah. I, I guess the stage before that is, okay, we've identified our uh, offering, we've identified our audience... Yeah. We've refined our message. Mm. I guess the next stage is being able to make sure, to ensure that we can actually deliver mm-hmm. to that calibre of customer that we want to talk to. Yeah. So if I've identified my audience, and within that audience there's some, you know, some, some pretty chunky businesses who we would love to do business for, who we can really add value to, yeah. I need to make sure that before I even get anywhere near to a conversation with them, that um, I know my product inside out. Yeah. I know how to um, address any any um, questions or um, observations or reservations they might have. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I need to make sure that we are able to deliver that yeah, to yeah. the appropriate high level, you know? Yeah, because it's not like, you know, I know some of the companies that you're talking to at the moment, and it seems to me like you've not really sort of gone up a ladder <laughs> in a linear fashion. It's been a bit more like... Right, we're talking to these. Well, now we're talking. Now yeah. we're talking to these. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. It's, a, it's a bit more of yeah. a, a kind of hockey stick in terms of the size and very much companies. so. And actually, that's it's not so much scary, but it's it's really great from a belief perspective because because right. if we're able to drop in a conversation with some with some very reputable global businesses, mm. then we're obviously able to add value to them. You know, mm. so that just reassures and. Um, you know what we are always thought over the last twelve months, really. So yeah. it, 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 it's really reinforcing that actually the decisions we made were correct, mm-hmm. and that we've gone about it in the right direction. You know, so yeah. that, that's been really encouraging, actually, and, and that gives you then added confidence. That it's like, okay, so if, if we mean something to these guys, then there's no reason why we can't go out to um, you know a, a wider audience as well. Yeah, sure. Um, but but definitely. Definitely making sure that we are able to to deliver that product to our high standards that we want to um, was absolutely crucial. So I think before we got to the stage where we were really engaging in deeper conversations with these guys, we had to do a lot of work internally with regards to um, our internal capabilities, making sure that everybody was was up to speed from a, from a technical perspective that we had the creative ideas on board, that we were really pushing ourselves mm-hmm. and innovating the way that we are um, putting together a solution here so that um, we're able to drop into a conversation. When we do get to that stage, we can say, well, have you thought about doing this or this? Or this is a really nice way of interacting some some product metrics or being able to bring up some some animated data to talk about your productivity or, you know. So we've got the, the big vision Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this is the point actually it's about combining the big vision and the attention to detail so having that vision that 
this is this is the big picture as to how it's going to help them and mm-hmm. being able to disseminate those ideas out in a conversation but and also being on top of the detail knowing how we're going to deliver this mm-hmm. making sure we've got the capability um yeah. and as you say having the infrastructure on board to be able to deliver that as well and so we did you know pretty early on i got to a stage i don't know probably middle of last year um, where I thought, okay, at some stage we're going to have to, um, you know, expand our, our setup here. And so as we worked through our journey with Paul, we started saying, right, okay, if we're going to be talking to these kind of businesses and these projects are coming in, we're going to need to ex- need to have the capacity to be able to deliver these. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and you're right. Although we did have a lovely studio um, to work in, it wasn't big enough to. Um, to facilitate where we were going to go as part of our longer journey. So, mm-hmm. you know, quite a lot of investment follows there in terms of uh, premises, in terms of uh, team resource, finding the right people, equipment, uh, yeah. you know, website development, all of that really, so that when we do really start going out to market, we've got a fully rounded solution that is actually going to be able to deliver. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... Um I remember in the you know episode one when you came in a year ago, we titled it um, "Trusting Your Gut and yeah. Being Business Bold" or something, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. And it sounds. I mean, you've obviously lived that since then. But tell us about trusting your gut on all of this stuff because it's a different level as we as we keep saying to where you were. Yeah. You know, and there's been a lot of decisions you've had to make: the new premises, taking on new staff. You know, put niching, putting yourself out there to these bigger companies and everything. Have you continued to trust your gut? Do you know that's really interesting, isn't it? That um, yeah, I remember that from the first podcast, and and it and it's it's a little little thing that stuck with me, you know, throughout all my working life. Really, is just trusting yeah. your gut, and continually over the last twelve months, I've told myself that mm-hmm. um, is that when you reach these these points, these decisions you need to make, is like, okay in you know. What your gut telling you on this? Does this does this feel right? Yeah, Even though it's yeah. a bit scary, does yeah. it feel right? <laughs> and the answer at every time has been yes. You know, right, yeah. yes, this feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. Yes, it feels right to go and look at some 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 larger studio premises, and as soon as you get back in the car, send an email to say yes, I'll take it. Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> and doing that before the kind of doubt starts to creep yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Act on it straight away. Be decisive, yeah. and uh, and follow your gut. And if it feels right, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because what what would have happened if I'd have deliberated over some studio space and somebody else had got in there? I could be looking now, for example. You know, mm, yeah. what happens if I'd um, I'd seen a new potential member of staff, and um, I said, "Oh, I'm not sure whether I'm ready for this." You know, let let me wait till I get the next couple of big jobs in, and he goes somewhere else, for example. Mm, Where does that leave mm. me then? So I think I think being decisive is key. That's yeah, that's really interesting because I think I think I struggle with that sometimes. Is like. I'll have an idea for something that I want to do. Mm. And yeah, the opportunity will come and I'll maybe be like, oh, you know, should I, shouldn't I? Mm. And then, you know, you, you're sort of uh, debating it. And then and then you, you pause, don't you? Whereas I think the successful people, like you're saying, they make that decision quickly, don't they? And go for it. And even though you might not know that you can afford it, straight away yeah it's having that belief isn't it no oh, i agree there was an article actually in um harvard business review not long ago which somebody had shared with me um that talked about 
the four key values that successful CEOs have. Oh yeah. And by no means am I putting myself in that category at all. <laughs> but uh, but one of them was being decisive. You know, right. make those decisions quickly and boldly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I heard once um, decide fast and change your mind slowly. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought it was, <laughs> and also the fact that it's. Um, it's all right to you know make the decision, and if it's the wrong decision, you can always change afterwards. But if yeah. you don't make the decision at all, that's worse than making the wrong decision. Yeah, you never know, do you? Cause yeah. you don't get the feedback exactly. if you don't make any decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, but yeah, trusting the gut. Certainly, over the last twelve months, at these key points, trust trusting your gut has been has been instrumental. I would say. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, We've never really spoken about this, but I feel like uh, you're looking worried now. <laughs> but, uh, when uh, when we did the event at your studio yeah, in yeah. October, and I, I was chatting to Ellen, your wife, yeah, I realised what a great support you've got there as well. Yeah, uh, that that is important. I must say, actually, it is important because you know you need somebody to talk things through, yeah. you know, as, as you're going through this journey, and, and it's all about getting different perspectives in. You know, often you might want to act on something. They might say, "Well, just 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 mull it over for a bit," or um, "Does this feel right?" Yes, go for it. So, yeah, definitely having that 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 support around you, I think, is is, is really important. But all that different insight as well. Yeah, yeah, and just as you say, bouncing the ideas and kind of test in a way, sort of testing your gut feeling as mm. well, isn't it, to some extent, and sort of saying, "This is kind of what I'm thinking," and someone else that's close to you, but a little bit distance from what you're doing can often... Yeah, uh, you just need that different perspective way. sometimes, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So what are your big challenges at the moment then as we, uh, you know, look forward into the next year? So we're, we're so, I mean, we're at a position now where we've got some, some really exciting conversations going on, um, some really exciting projects for next year. Um, the challenges are... Uh, additional resource, right. which is always a challenge across a lot of people I'm speaking to at the moment, is finding the right people to expand your yeah, team. Yeah, it does seem to be a theme, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. and I think the challenge with that really is it's not until they're actually you know into into your operation and working as part of the team that you actually sort of really feel whether they're whether they're the right right person for it at all or not. So that that's mm. the challenge from my perspective. But mm. I can definitely see how. You know, one of our challenges is going to be, you know, getting that additional uh, resource and capacity from a creative team mm-hmm. uh, for next year. Right. Um, making sure we're on top of project management, mm-hmm. making sure we're on top of all those details. Uh, and also for me to be able to um, offload some of my uh, probably sort of daily th- uh, duties or things that I get involved in just so that I can focus on the big picture stuff as well mm-hmm. um, because so here's, here's an interesting one actually there's something I always used to used to really not enjoy doing yeah. was the whole I call it a sales process it is a sales process but I never seem to seem to view it like that really it's the fact that when you're having those customer conversations or with prospects is, is having that, that having that kind of sales process conversation I never really enjoyed that at all right okay why was that? I've, just because I'm not a sales, not a salesperson, so to speak. Okay. Um, I, it was just something that never sat easily with me. Okay. Now, I totally feel that's part of my role. Okay. 
Okay. And this this is really where again part of the business coaching side of things um, has, has really helped. So another area where um, we were working with on that was positioning myself and positioning the business where it needs to be. If we've got that five year plan, mm-hmm. let's position the business now where it should be in five years time. You know. Okay. Right. So is it the E Myth revisited the book there? Yeah, the, yeah. The really, um, that really that's a fabulous read. You know, in terms of, yeah. of, of having that mindset and that vision and positioning your business where you want it to be in the future. And we did that, and we had these hierarchical roles and different roles for people within the studio and what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, what it enabled us to do then really was to um, focus on the bigger picture. In terms mm-hmm. of those companies or those areas that we wanted to wanted to speak to, uh, and we had people looking looking at that, and then other people looking at the detail side of things on, on the actual sort of uh, you know production of jobs. Um, but by taking by taking those different kind of job roles um, as a larger entity business, yeah, we realised that actually part of my the best use of my time was in the the sales function so to speak and in actually okay. having those conversations yeah because i was so passionate about it and so close to it and, and i was really you know fully inside this this um this this service and this project that we do yeah i was the best person to have those conversations so as, as much as i wanted probably to devolve that out to somebody <laughs> else Actually, we said, no, you are the best person to have this conversation. And now I really enjoy those conversations. You know, I really love going into, uh, you know, a new connection, a new customer, having a discovery session, learning more about their business, and then being able to come up with some ideas that are really going to add value to their business, you see. Yeah. Um, so, so my job role has changed quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and I really enjoy that. Yeah. Oh, do you think... Um a lot of that enjoyment, though, is also down to the fact that you are so clear on what mm. you're selling and what the benefits it all, are. It all comes back to that focus. Yeah. It all comes back to knowing exactly what it is you want to talk about, the benefit it brings, and the people who you want to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because you just got that laser focus in your mind. It just means at any point in time you can drop into a conversation and have a really relevant discussion with somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and that's all I do. So I don't, you know, it's not a sales process. You're just having a conversation to learn more about their business mm. and about how you can add some value to it. Yeah, and I think you're really good at that, aren't you? When you go into a uh, well, I don't think discussion. I am, Dan. This is the problem. <laughs> so going back to um, you know a confidence thing, I, I you know I'm probably okay, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not as good as I could be. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like going in and asking questions and learning about the business, yeah, 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 you, yeah. you very much go through that process. Yeah, I so, do. Yeah, yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Your, your approach to that? Uh yeah. I mean, how how can I suggest a better way for them to do something if I don't know anything about the business or know how they're all mm-hmm. currently operating? Yeah. So, if we're going to have a, an hours meeting, for example, I, I would typically spend the first 20 to 30 minutes finding out about their business, you know, without even sort of talking about what we do. Yeah. You know, I want to want to learn about their business, where they're going, how their teams operate, what their customers are, mm-hmm. what's their vision for the business, you know. I yeah. need to know all that information before I, I can even start to, to talk about what we do. Yeah. Because it's only when I know a lot more about them that I can say, okay, well, you know, maybe this might be of interest to you. This is, this is, an, this is an experience I've had. Um, this is what we do. This is how we help somebody else. 
And that just tends to resonate a lot quicker with them then, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so de- definitely investing the time to, to find out a lot more about them really, really helps. And it just enables me then to give a much more valued response to them. Yeah, and I mean, uh, have you ever have you ever had that discussion with people and, you know, learnt about them and realised that you're not the right person to... To, to help them <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and that's that's a courageous decision as well yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the fact yeah. That, yeah absolutely i mean you're not perfect for every job are you um and so sometimes you do have to say actually this isn't for us right um and i think people respect you for that yeah um i think there's nothing worse than trying to shoehorn a solution into something which you you are later going to regret so unless you're really comfortable and you less you really feel you can add value to it then um, you know don't do it Better to just say no. Yeah, absolutely. Move on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But okay. also, I think it frees your mind up as well a lot more then. You know, you're not, you're not trying to grab everything. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have enough noise going on in this life, don't we? And, you know, with, <laughs> with everything going on. So I think to be able to have that clarity yeah. as to how you can help people really just gives you that mental space. It's kind of like one big circle, really, isn't it? Like, you know, you've got to have, you, you need belief. Mm. And you get belief by you know, creating this niche and working in this niche and knowing what you're selling. And then, you know, that gives you more belief and self-confidence and mm. it all kind of goes around and starts, it feels to me like it starts kind of snowballing and It does, it does gain its own momentum. And actually the, 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 the next stage of that really is something that I've done over the last uh, few months really is I re-engaged with um, a personal coach um, Alan Clark from Exponential Coaching, yeah, who yeah. I've known for a long time, yeah. and um, who's one of your guests a while back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've known Alan for a long time, and <laughs> I got to the point where I thought, okay, so we have our proposition sorted. We know what our plan is. We re- have a really clearly defined vision here. We're actually starting to talk to some really interesting companies, often mm. on a global scale. Yeah. where we've clearly demonstrated that we can add value to their sales and marketing process in a really innovative way. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, what I need to make sure is that when I get to a position where I'm talking to these people, I need to be in the same space as them. I need to have that, that right confidence level. I need to make sure that I've got that sense of belief where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing worse than having a really good product or solution and not doing yourself justice when you get into a, into a conversation with somebody yeah, and you yeah. come away from you think, oh, why didn't I talk about this? You know, this would have yeah. been perfect for them. You know, just, just down to your own personal, you know, mindset really, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've re-engaged with, with Alan mm-hmm. and um, every session is a joy. And, uh, yeah. and really, you always come <laughs> out of a session highly motivated Right, but he's yeah. he's really um, yeah, been instrumental in instilling in that sense of belief, so that when you do go into those, you know, really important meetings, mm. um, you're able to present yourself in the best possible light. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That was going to be one of my questions actually about you know the difference between going in and talking to a big business as opposed to a smaller business. Um, but also, I was thinking back to your you know your history in the last podcast and. You know, you were working with Cadbury's quite early on. Yeah. So to some extent, you had that experience of dealing with a large company um, from from right early on. Do you think that's helped you? 
Yeah, I think it has actually. I think even early days, you know, going back, you know, 25, nearly 30 years actually, yeah. you know, some of our earlier clients would have been people like, you know, Cadbury's University of Birmingham, Stanley Tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually having that, that exposure to that size of company, um, those, that size of, of, of project, you know, um, yeah, definitely tailored our approach and, 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 a, and a sense of belief that actually, you know, we can, we can do a job for these guys, you know, and, and, and really, really add some value for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I suppose at the end of the day, it's just people, isn't it? It is. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I think, I think what really does help is the fact that, um, you know, if you, if you know your product or service inside out, yeah. if you've got that belief in what you're talking about, and and you you clearly understand how you how you can help them and the value you can bring, then that just I think relaxes everybody, you know, because you're not yeah. going in there on, on a mission to try and sell something. Actually, you're there to help them, and you've got you've got an innovative solution that they wouldn't have considered. Mm. Um, and so you can you can really take the conversation in a new direction for them. You know, they're talking to you because they yeah. want to learn something new. Yeah, you're able to deliver that for them. And sudden, suddenly, it's not a um, not a pressurized conversation. You're just having a chat. Yeah, and yeah, I was going to say it's it's like they they want you to have that mm. self belief. So they're kind of on your side in a way. You know, you can look at I suppose you can look at those sales meetings in two ways, can't you? Like one, you're either going in there and trying to force the sale on yeah. them, or the other way is they're actually kind of on your side because they've got you in, they've given up, you know, these are busy people who've given up an hour or two hours of their day for you. They actually want you to come in and believe in yourself and know what you're offering. Something has obviously piqued their interest. Yeah. Um, So like you say, they're committing their time and I'm always hugely appreciative. If somebody's going to give an hour or or two hours or even half an hour of their time for a meeting, I'm hugely appreciative of that. Yeah. Um, and, and I always make that known to them, you know, that you do really, really appreciate their time, really. So if they're going to do that, then absolutely they are on your side. You know, they, they obviously feel they're going to learn something from you. Mm. So um, I think that's just a bit of an equaliser, really, in terms of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. But it, again, I suppose it comes down to self-belief and, like, believing that you have got something totally. to yeah. offer them, you yeah, know, yeah. that you can. I think I've had that recently where I've realised that actually... I go into a company and I can actually offer them something in terms of value because they don't know where to start with their mm. video or their mm. photography. Um, and and you, you've got some experience in that field and you can actually point them in the right direction and come up with something that's going to... Well, exactly. Them. And like for you, for example, you, if you're getting into into an initial meeting with somebody and being able to, to instantly give some input you know, from a creative perspective, because you guys are really creative as the way you... Uh, you know, frame and edit a production. Mm. Um, you know, to be able to to give some insight and some creative ideas. You know, within a within a first meeting straight away, mm. is massive value for the client. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, I get that as well, definitely. So I, I think belief is the word. I think yeah. the other word I would add. So we're replacing gut with belief now. I think <laughs> yeah. I think that's appropriate for this leg of the journey. <laughs> um, the other word I would put in there actually, which came from um, a recent session with Alan was uh, possibilities. Okay, yeah. So in terms of when we're talking to um, our customers, um, let's talk about the possibilities that we can offer for them. You know, where right. where can we take them? Where are they not at the moment, but where could they be? Mm. Let's talk about some possibilities and, 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 and really make it quite aspirational mm. as to where they as a business could go. 
Yeah, because that's all anyone really wants, isn't it, is to kind of move up to the next Yeah, if they wanted level. to stay where they are, they wouldn't be talking to you. No, they'd just be doing what they're doing. Exactly, and, exactly. Whereas if, you, if you're talking to innovative businesses, forward-thinking, uh, you know, people who want to grow their business, you know, they want yeah. fresh ideas. Um, yeah. They want to look at different ways of doing things. You know, the, you know, the business world is constantly changing. It's becoming more and more competitive. There need to be new ways for people to... Um, you know, demonstrate and showcase their expertise, you know. Mm. So if you can maybe talk to them about these possibilities, that just lights their fire a little bit, doesn't mm. it? So as you're growing the team and everything, have you struggled at all with sort of letting go of some of the things that you were doing, you know, some of the, you know, because you, you, you're a... Control designer. freak, that's what you're saying. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I, you're like everyone else yeah. <laughs> in that respect. But yeah. I mean, you know, you're a designer and you have your, your quite rightly, your strong opinions on the way things should look and feel and everything like that. Have you struggled with letting go of some of that in order to enable yourselves to grow? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, although I am getting better at it now. I, yeah. I am giving the team, hopefully they'd agree, but I'm giving them quite a lot of autonomy <laughs> to, to do their own work, really. Yeah. I think it's important, obviously, for us to maintain those creative standards mm -hmm. um, and to be on top of our attention to detail. Um, yeah. But, you know, every, everybody in the team is, is really on top of that. Um, I think once we've got our initial sort of briefing or creative uh, session out of the way, they can go on and, and, and then develop that within their own space, really. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for me to be looking at the bigger picture side of things, uh, developing those those really interesting conversations, which then flow through to project work for us. Then all to do, to discuss, and then it goes through out to obviously the you know the creative team. Then so yeah, it has yeah. been difficult, but um, I'm definitely getting better at it. Yeah, I, I suppose you, you've got to trust your team. You've got you? to, yeah. Sort of your gut at that stage. Yeah, you've trusted your gut in terms of hiring them. Yeah. Now you have to trust them to take on the work, and I think sometimes for, for me at least, it's kind of remembering that actually some people can do things better than I can. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. A lot of people can do yeah, things a lot definitely. better than I can. And but also you know, I think they, they they function a lot better if you're not holding their hands all the time as well. You know, if, if, they, oh, if yeah. they feel you're micromanaging them, you know, yeah. you're not going to get the best out of them. So yeah. give, them, give them that space to, to do their own work and to inject their own personality into it. Yeah, I suppose you've got to remember like how you felt when you were at that stage in that yeah, position, yeah. haven't you, and how you wanted to be given some freer reign to yeah. do those things and show what you can do and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess. Because they will come up with ideas you hadn't thought of, you know. Yeah. And that, that's why they're there, isn't it? To give that different yeah. perspective, that different personality. Yeah, and, and no one's... I, I think it's sometimes easy to think that, like, someone on the outside, like a client or someone, might think less of you because you didn't come up with that idea that they came up with. And you've got to kind of let go of that, haven't you? And <laughs> just go take your ego out of it. Yeah, of yeah, definitely. And also, I think as well, it's really nice if you're having a, um, you know, a client meeting on some work. Yeah. To bring the team into that, obviously. Yeah. And say, okay, so you know, this guy's been working on this for you, um, and then he, you know, is intrinsically involved in the meeting or even mm. at a briefing stage. So it's not just just on you all the time. You know, you, you're bringing mm. the guys in to have their input on things. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sh I'm sure that must get a bit easier as you go from. It's probably hardest from zero to five employees, maybe. Yeah. And then probably gets a bit easier from like 
five to 20. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. But also, I think it's a realisation that if you are going to get to those goals that you'd set yourself, you can't do that if you're trying to do everything. You've got to devolve yeah. work out, you know. So, yeah. you know, it all goes back to setting out that, that, that vision and that plan for where you want to go. If you want to get there, then you're going to have to do this, this and this. Otherwise, you won't get there. And mm. part, of, part of that is devolving out the work that you do and changing your job function, really, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Bit of a journey. It is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, um, we've covered a lot of good stuff there. I was going to talk about processes and stuff, but it's probably too late. Processes so. are important, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, it all goes down to efficiency, doesn't it, within within um, within the, the flow through the studio, having those processes uh, in place, whether it's sort of job management, uh, studio management, making sure everybody knows what they should be doing. Mm. But also being on top of your numbers as well, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of, okay, you might have your plan in terms of where you want to go with regards to to revenues or, or number of projects or, or what you're going to be delivering in. But what does, what does that equate to resource in the studio? Mm. What happens when you um, outline the work you're going to get in for next year and it, and it and it's double the amount you thought it might be? Yeah. How are you, how are you going to resource that? How are you going to deliver that? Mm. How does that affect your, um, you know, the whole numbers within the studio? So, yeah, constantly being on top of your numbers and, and having mm. a look at that on a regular basis, certainly once a month, just checking, you know, because it's such a, you're having so many fluid discussions all the time Yeah. that from a projections point of view, um, you know, you're constantly revisiting that on a monthly basis. Yeah. And so how's yeah. that affecting the resource you've got? Um, how's that affecting the ability for you to deliver? So yeah, I, I think I think processes are really important to get that real sense of efficiency uh, and making sure that you're able to deliver. And are you sort of documenting processes as you go along? And, no, I'm not, uh, Dan, but I know you are, and and, and, <laughs> and I should be. Uh, I kind no, of am. don't worry. It's no, it, it, it it's been on my list for a long time. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that is crucially important, actually. In the same way that when you're when when you have that kind of vision and plan to identify exactly what your uh, your product or your solution is that you um, uh, want to focus on, yeah. that gives you clarity on that particular service. You also need clarity on your process internally as well. You know, mm. so if yeah. we're going to deliver this. How do we get there? What stages do we go through? Yeah. What's the detail look for on that? Mm. And um, yeah, that is important. And um, it's definitely something that's been on our to-do list for six months and hasn't been done. Yeah. Um, but will be done. And, yeah. and I, I definitely see the value of that. Yeah. And I guess the thing is then when you bring in new people, you can say, look, here's the process. It's written down. Yeah. And they can go, all oh, right, okay. And you can pretty much plug them in. So that it's like you know you mentioned that Emith revisited and yeah. he talks a lot in there about McDonald's. Not that we're trying to all create McDonald's or anything, but they can plug anyone into the job because it's very specific as to what they need to do. You put the burger on, you flip it after this many minutes, you yeah. turn it, you put the cheese on, whatever. It's it's a process that's that that can be passed to anyone mm. in any country. <laughs> I agree, and I see that being really important for us actually over even just over the next couple of months because I can see how. You know, I'm going to need project management support. I might need additional creative resource. Um, yeah. So actually having those procedures in place 
not only crystallizes it in, in, in our own minds, but also really helps, you know, any onboarding as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I think that was pretty much everything that I'd written down. <laughs> <laughs> we covered quite a lot there. We have was, covered uh, a lot. It's, it, it's definitely been a, a really exciting journey over the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, I think for me... The mind shift has been has been the biggest. Uh, yeah. The biggest one is, is is the belief and the vision of being really clear on what you want to do, right? And going from a position almost from, from a mindset point of view, going from a position where maybe twelve months ago you thought, "Oh crikey, you know, how many years have you got till retirement?" kind of thing, to <laughs> now being a position where I'm not even thinking, I haven't got time to do that because I've got this whole new project, you know, I need to get stuck into for the next few years now, you yeah. know, so in terms of revitalizing things and, and actually giving you a real focus, it's been, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. Yeah, there's no need to retire, is there? Absolutely it's, not. Uh, exciting. <laughs> no, totally not. But yeah, that, that, that's, that's been great. Yeah, excellent. Well, um, I knew there was more than half an hour of uh, discussion there. Do you want to know the figure on the... No, I don't. Go recorder? on. <laughs> We're at 56. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, it's, been, it's been brilliant. You know, I, th- I think it's been great to revisit that after, after 12 months. And um, yeah. I'd like to think we could have an, an even, even more um, interesting conversation in another 12 months' time. Well, let's schedule it in. Let's do if, it. You know, if you're not too busy by then. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have all these processes in place. You'll have plenty of time to come. Absolutely. Come do this, like Warren Buffett with his empty diary. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Thanks, Dan, very much. <laughs> no, I appreciate you coming in. Um, Brandstilo.co.uk, stilotouch.com. Dot com. And uh, LinkedIn. Yes. Probably best place to come for Yeah, too, always happy it? to connect. Really great to connect with local community and um, always happy to jump onto a call and just, you know, have a chat, really. Learn yeah. more about people's businesses. And I suppose if there's any like you know young designers that want to come work for a great company at the moment, then uh, you're you're the one to contact. Always happy for a chat. Yeah, exactly. Talking about the resources uh, issues. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's connect. <laughs> cool. Nice one. Cheers, in. Brilliant. Cheers, Dan. Bye. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.